0: on Texans your daily Houston Texans podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day welcome back in to another installment of locked on Texans your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day and as always I'm your host Texans reporter for ESPN Houston Cody Davis alone my partner in crime John,
1: some sports guy, Hickman, and this football season will be different as Pepsi is here to get us ready for game day, no matter how we watch. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day to become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate football fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch. Pepsi, made for football watching. It's Friday, right? And... The, the fun thing about Fridays is, of course, the weekend is here, you can kind of go out and have a little fun, because I know you guys are not really uh, social distancing anymore, but for us here for the locked on Texans we have Brandon Scott from 16 radio on to discuss uh, some of the hottest topics that Houston for the Texans at least has been a headline for the week now. Uh, welcome in, Brandon Scott. We, we love to have you on. You are family on our show now. Um, and before we get to talking to Houston Texans, just let everybody know where they can find you on social media and some of your work.
2: Yeah, man. So find me at Brandon K. Scott on Twitter. Uh, of course, I'm doing all, pretty much all of the digital work for Sports Radio 610. So anything on sportsradio610.com and at Sports Radio 610 on all social media platforms, YouTube, whatever it may be. Um then of course I do the B Block podcast. So you you know you can subscribe to that as well. Um, I'm doing that pretty much weekly. And uh yeah man and, and a little bit on the on the radio a little bit here and there. So if you if you listen in the 610 sports radio 610 on the on the AM dial every now and then you might catch a boy. So yeah man a couple of different places man.
1: Make sure you guys follow B Scott on Twitter Check out his show as well and follow us on Twitter at Texas, like us on Facebook and subscribe to the podcast on all of the major podcasting platforms. In America, you guys have either a Google, a Samsung or iPhones. So we have Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. You can also catch us on Stitcher, Megaphone and Spotify. Brandon, for today's show, we want to talk about the hot topics. Number one, in the last 48 hours, Lewis Riddick interviewing... Yep for the houston texans general manager position which i i think he is a good find of course when you have a, a need at a position that's very important especially for this team you want to take your time but your thoughts on lewis riddick getting that interview and what that could possibly mean for the next head coach and deshaun watson and the rest of this franchise moving forward
2: yes I think what's funny about it is that Lewis Riddick seems like such an obvious candidate, but at the same time seems somewhat shocking. And and I'm not sure why. I don't know if it's more to do with the distrust of the organization and the disbelief in their competence and ability to get it right. I I don't know what it is, but I do know that when I got the news that Lewis Riddick was in town and would be interviewed, or that Lewis Riddick would be interviewing, I should say, I was surprised. I I, I truly was, you know, I don't, maybe it had to do with the fact that Brian Schottenheimer was a, was a name that was recommended as a head coach. We'd heard earlier in the week, maybe it was that, I don't know what it was, but Lewis Riddick seems like a very much an obvious candidate. And, and here's why it's because he's visible. It's because we hear his voice, see his face every day throughout the week. And of course, now this season on Monday night football, it helps that we have a, a sense for his line of thinking his his logic sort of his 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 world in a football perspective right so we feel like we can at least trust the opinion of lewis riddick because we respect what we hear and see on tv i think that benefits him as a candidate and in our perception of him i would caution on the idea that just because of that we know for sure that he's the right guy i believe in him i think he is the right guy but I do think there is there is a bias and exposure to how much we hear and see from him. I think it's a good thing. And I think it'll also be one of those things where, hey, you know, be, be careful on just assuming just because you like the way a guy talks that that's exactly the what, what you're looking for. But but I was I was glad to see it. And, you
0: know, if I heard right now that they hired Lewis Riddick, you wouldn't hear any complaints from me. Brendan, I know there's a lot of hype surrounding Riddick, but I do have my doubts because I actually want a guy who has a little bit more of a proven record, like a like Ed Dies, someone who has actually built a championship team, but. Earlier this week, we heard the Texans are targeting both Eric Bieniemy and Brian Schottenheimer as their new head coach. Now, you've been on this show countless of times, and like us, we have talked about Eric Bieniemy a lot. But what is your take on Brian Schottenheimer, who is currently the OC over with the Seattle Seahawks?
2: I like, I like what the Seahawks are doing, you know, f- from that perspective, but I don't know. I, so to me, the hang-up with Brian Schottenheimer is what, what exactly took him so long to get a head coach? I know he was a head coaching candidate back when, I don't know if Rex beat him out in uh, with the Jets, but I know at one point he, he's he been a, a head coaching candidate, but it's been so long. And so, like, what happened between, I don't know, eight, nine, ten years ago when he was a head coaching candidate between then and now? And why has it taken so long for his name to come up? Now, I get it. Now, the, you know, you're seeing the success with Russell Wilson arguably having – an MVP caliber year or or at least in parts of it so there is that but it is odd to me that Schadenheimer, being Marty Schadenheimer's son and having been in the game as long as he has is just now kind of getting that exposure just now kind of getting his name out there now to that end I I don't think that he's a bad candidate I I, I don't think that he's a bad candidate it's just worth I think it's just worth exploring more options. He's not, to me, he is not as much of a sure thing as you would maybe perceive Lewis Riddick as being. Even though if you might have your doubts about Riddick, but you you see where the potential is there, and and, and Riddick has had some success, in, in, not as a general manager, but as a personnel guy. He's had some failures as well, um, but I I just don't really see it with Schottenheimer. Um, I, I could be sold, and I don't think I'd necessarily be down on it. But that doesn't get me – that doesn't really get me excited the way Eric B. Enemy does and the way Robert Sala does and the way even, to be honest with you, that Brian Dayball would, you know. Um, and maybe that's because those guys seem like newer, fresher ideas. It could, it could be that. Um, but but Schadenheimer, that just – I, I know that his name was out there in the mix, but for that to be one of the ones that popped up so soon kind of surprised me a little bit.
1: I think when you look at uh, – to mention what you just said, newer and fresher, a lot of Houston fans want something so new and fresh because for the past six or seven years, Bill O'Brien was the face of this organization in regards to uh, the head coaching and then making personnel moves. And, you know, Rick Smith did the franchise a huge favor before he left. And he, which is crazy, he was kind of held back a little bit before making that move up to draft Deshaun Sean Watson. And if he would have never made that move, how bad would this franchise be off right now? I mean, no real candidate would want this position unless Deshaun is in Houston. And I've always thought that was crazy when that news came out that Rick Smith kind of had to fight to go and make the move for Deshaun Watson, but.
2: I oh man, it's not just, man. Yo, that, that just wasn't uh, news and rumor either. Like that's the, that is Fact. the narrative that we know but, but yeah, that is the fact, <laughs> but it was also proven in visual form. If you go and look at the draft day picture of Rick Smith, uh, Rick Smith up there smiling with his hand on his hip, looking up in the it. pick, and everybody else was kind of looking at their phone. And Yeah, he knew it. And nobody else believed him. Nobody else was excited about it, at least from, from that picture and, and based off the way that Rick Smith has portrayed the way that that went down on draft night.
1: Also, Wild let's team. not forget that there was no reason Tom Savage should have started week one. Uh, but Bill O'Brien forced to start, and uh, Bill O'Brien never really knew what to do with Deshaun Watson. That's why we we saw a lot of his spectacular games uh, his rookie year was just purely based off him being who he was. And then over the course of time, we saw Bill O'Brien kind of handcuff him a little bit because he, he did not know what to do with that talent. But then this year, when Bill O'Brien is gone, we saw a lot more of Deshaun being Deshaun. But I want to bring it back to your point. They want to see something new and fresh However, to Cody's point, you still want to see something concrete. Houston did have an informal uh, meeting with John Dorsey. We know John Dorsey from his Cleveland days, his Kansas City days, uh, and the search firm uh, reportedly will push to make him a finalist. How is how are your thoughts on John Dorsey here in Houston moving forward as a GM?
2: I mean, he's proven he's done it done it in Kansas City, done it in in Cleveland. Like we we've seen it. So I, I'm not opposed to John Dorsey. I like that. Uh, real quick, back on Riddick, real quick, since you mentioned uh, the point about Tom Savage, and it didn't take a genius. I, like, I, don't, know, I don't know where Bill O'Brien's head was at, but you don't have to be like a football savant or anything to know that Deshaun Watson, you drafted Deshaun Watson, moved up to get Deshaun Watson, not for him to sit behind Tom Savage. And I want to say that's close to Lewis Riddick's exact words about that back when it happened. But back to Dimitrov real quick. I'm sorry, not Demetra, but John, uh, John Dorsey. Um, he, he's probably one of the most proven that you could give, certainly more proven than Lewis Riddick. I think the issue there is that you have to evaluate or get into, and, and the Texans have enough of this to deal with already with the Jack Easterby stuff and whatever stench is left over from what happened with Bill O'Brien when he was here. But the personality thing, like John Dorsey does seem to I don't know if it's if it's rubbing people the wrong way or we're not as welcome or what it is, but there does seem to be some kind of personality ego thing going on. Where and I'm not even saying it's John Dorsey's fault necessarily because I'm not there, but based off of the way he leaves places, it seems like it seems like there could be some kind of issue there. Very true. Now, how much how much should that matter? I'm not sure I like I don't have a great answer because I don't know what the personality dynamics are going to be once he gets in there, or once he interviews or once he gets hired or whatever it is, but for me that is that that does have to be a concern.
1: Absolutely and I think when you look at john Dorsey you look at the fact that uh, he has helped Cleveland get to where they are right now he helped Baker Mayfield bring him in Baker Mayfield is a fiery guy. Uh, he was a part of that Kansas City team that eventually grew to be where they are now. He likes to take chances. And I think as an overall you know, thought, if we're not going to have a first and second round pick, if we're going to have limited cap space, we got to understand that we have to take chances. However, uh, we're going to move on and talk about Sunday's game coming up next, taking on the Colts for the second time in three weeks and how that could be, uh, not even a heartbreaker, just a flat-out ass-whooping. But, of course, if we're going to take on the Colts on Sunday, then Monday is our recap show. Don't forget to check us out on Mondays, every Monday, while the season is in season, to listen to our Monday recap shows here on Locked On Texans. We got Brandon Scott on the show today. Don't go anywhere. Colts Talk
0: coming up next. And continuing here on Locked On Texans, John and I are joined by Brandon K. Scott from Sports Radio 16. Brandon. After that embarrassing loss against the Bears on Sunday, do you get the sense that the Texans are calling it a season, especially after how feisty they have been doing their media availabilities this week? Romeo Cannell, who is really starting to run out of excuses of the lack of production, or should I say, why we are seeing a lack of production coming from Whitney Merciless. Yeah, man, a lack of production from Whitney Merciless. What's odd about that,
2: and I know we've pointed this out, on Sports Radio 16 ever since you and Romeo Cornell had y'all's exchange. I believe it was on Monday. And yeah, it was Monday. I felt and, and he was odd,
0: I felt he was like a little what's irritated. What's about
2: it, he was a little irritated, but what's odd about it is Romeo has been honest and or as honest as you can. Like You can't just be brutally honest in the media about how bad a guy is, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like he has been somewhat honest and transparent about other guys in other positions and in other situations who are not playing well or not playing to the expectation, even guys who are playing well and playing up to the expectation. When we talk about Deshaun Watson and obviously he's great. He's amazing. He's incredible. One of the better players in the league right now, but sometimes he does need to get rid of the ball and Romeo, you know, you need to get rid of the ball before, uh, before taking a negative play. And Romeo is not shy about making that point. The offensive line, we've talked about it at nauseam. And all of us know the offensive line, not good. When I confronted him about that, he was very honest about it. He said, yeah, you know, overall, you know, we had one or two guys that competed, that tried to compete, but we haven't competed well enough on the offensive line and the defensive lines that we played in the last couple of weeks between the Colts and the Bears have been flat out better than us. You know, he'll be honest about that. But then when you corner him about Whitney Merciless, that was just a really – it's just a really strange thing that they they can't just – just be straight up about it and say, hey, yeah, no, this guy is not the guy that he's been in the past, you know? And the only one this season that has really spoken to that and been honest about that was Chris Rumpf, the outside linebackers coach, when we talked to him during the bye week. And so outside of that, we haven't really got much of it. Um, But, yeah, yeah, no, I I think, though, just real quick on this Colts game, what's weird is that we've seen in the last two games basically what is two different teams. One, but in under the same circumstances. It's not that just that they lost to the Bears that now all of a sudden they're out of contention. Sure, that might be the case mathematically, but we've known that they've been out of playoff contention for a long time. But at least they had some, somewhat of an inspired effort at home when they played the Colts a couple of weeks ago and really had a chance to win that game, should have won that game had it not been for that last moment with Nick Martin and the bad snap. We like to think that they would have converted there and that that would have been a win for the Texans. Then they go to Chicago, and Chicago, not the team that the Colts are like, that is not as good of a team as the Colts are. Got a good defense, but they had lost what? Somewhat like, something like six straight. Like that, that's, not a, that's not a very good football team. And they go and show a much worse effort, a much worse outing. And I can't wrap my mind around it. Like which team is what? And what are the motivations? They talk about, oh yeah, well, we're still in it and we still want to win. I believe that, but you showed us what you showed us on tape against the Bears. You know, uh, yeah, we're not gonna rest Deshaun Watson because we're competitors. I can respect that, but don't show me what you showed me against the Bears, though. Like it can't, it can't be both. You can't give me that effort that you gave me against the Bears, but then sell me on, yeah, we're still trying to win these last few games. No, you're not. Not playing like that. That's
1: a great, great point about not wanting to uh, rest Deshaun Watson. But I think after you see him go down. Uh, he was on the field, on the ground for maybe like a minute or two. He was on the ground longer than you would want to see your quarterback that just signed that fat ass extension on the ground. Uh, realistically, yeah, you have nothing to play for. Uh, whether you win, you're not going to improve your draft That's stock. You're not going to. You're not going to get better at anything. You're just going to continue to be worse. Logically, it doesn't make sense to continue to play him. And I think the question around the entire city, because I've heard fans talk about it sit him, sit him, not only sit him, but sit some of these players that are of age and really see what you got with your young guys, because, you know, because of where you're going to stand next year with the draft, with the money that you have, you're going to have to lean on some of the guys that you already have. See what they can do in the next three days. And I'm a, I'm a part of that fan club. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I view it as being a good steward and, and, being responsible with your assets. And like, I, I, I'm not I'm not trying to make these people out to be assets. Like I get that these are people we're talking about. They're not just, like, this is not just straight up cash. Deshaun Watson is not just a straight up cash asset. I get that, he's a person. But, 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 <laughs> you have a future here that you have to protect. I think, at least to me, you don't have a present. You don't have a present, exactly what you said. You're not playing for anything. You can't make it to the playoffs. Deshaun Watson has nothing to prove. I think maybe you could have made the argument coming into the season and at times early on in the season that he still had something to prove. This is year four, and it's his best year yet, and we would already seen signs of greatness from Deshaun Watson before now. He has nothing to prove as a player. And then as a competitor, I mean, really, are we going to do that? You said Deshaun Watson, are we going to be like, oh, well, he must not really want to play. He must not really be a competitor. No one has ever said that about the dude like all he's ever done really is win until he got here and was forced to lose. So, so, and, and I've brought this to the team. I brought this to to Deshaun Watson himself, to Romeo Cornell and and, and asked them. And of course they've given us the answer that you would expect from a football player, football coach from a football team is, Hey, you know, we want to play, we want to win. That's the message. But I do think that there's something to be said for being responsible with the future and prioritizing. And I think that there is a middle ground here between John, where we're at, like me and you are saying, sit him, don't play them. I agree with you. I'm right there with you. The other side that's saying, nah, you gotta go out there and compete and all of that. Well, let's find some middle ground there and let's, let's really treat this like what it is. And what it is is the preseason. These last three games are the preseason to next season. And so you treat it like that. You wanna throw Deshaun out there for a little bit, a couple of series, maybe a couple of quarters. All right, I can see it. But this man playing the whole game, uh, very much likely that you could be losing in some of these games, playing against the Colts, uh, playing against the Titans eventually. You might have a chance to win that game against the Bengals because they're no good. But you have a chance. Who knows where these games are going? I say that you have a conversation before the game, and you say, here are the circumstances under which you will play. Here are the circumstances circumstances under which we will take you out. And that's what it is. You play it safe. You want to be a competitor? You want to be a gladiator? Fine. I respect it, but don't be stupid out there and just throw this dude out there at all costs. We want to win at all costs, but for nothing. You're winning nothing. It, it, this is a preseason. This is a preseason experience at this point, whether you want to compete or not. And I, again, I respect the, you know, the gladiator mentality, but I don't know if it's a matter of protecting these dudes from themselves or what it is, but you definitely need to protect the future.
0: And Deshaun Watson is that. And everything that you just said, I also want to take it a step further and say I want to use that same argument for J.J. White as well because Deshaun, he still has years left in his league. J.J. not only – does not have the same amount of time as Deshaun Watson, but you're talking about a player who has been injury prone since, what, 2014. So, Brandon, I want to shift focus here and talk about Sunday's game and talk about, you know, what are we expecting from this team? Do you or do you not feel we're going to see the Texans go out and be competitive as they was two weeks ago against the Indianapolis Colts? And I also want to bring up the fact that we are looking at a depleted team because they are even more banged up than what they were two weeks ago. And, and is that not the
2: cautionary tale as well? Like, exactly. Do you want, do you want, is, when you watch Justin Reed undergo surgery on his hand or Brandon Dunn's season in from a pelvic injury or whatever it is exactly there with the hip or whatever it is? When you look at that, is that not a cautionary tale for you? <laughs> when you look at Deshaun Watson and think, man, you know what? You know what I really don't want to happen right now, especially with us being out of the playoffs? But Deshaun Watson to break his hand or for deshaun watson to break his hip like i, I just i don't want it to happen and, and i get it he's you know 24 25 whatever he is and can, can recover from it i understand but i just don't want it to happen i don't want to i don't want to see it so uh, that to me is just an interesting point or thing to consider like do you not have enough cautionary tales on this team already considering that attrition has now started to take effect on your season now as far as this game let me just say this man if they don't come out here I'm even say this if they don't win this game especially after the way that they've been talking I'm gonna be really really disappointed man because this is a game that they were supposed to win a couple of weeks ago right that they should have won at home and then they went out by their own admission we saw it with our own eyes we didn't need them to admit it but to their credit, they did admit it. An embarrassing performance against the Chicago Bears. Romeo started that press conference with uninspired. Then the rest of them, J.J. was even stronger and everybody else agreed, embarrassing. If you can't come out here after embarrassing yourselves against one team, playing against a team that you almost beat had it not been for your center, and hopefully Nick Martin plays well. I, I, I don't have much confidence in it, but I'm hoping for it. That's that's super disappointing. Like, and 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 then at that point, I really don't want to hear about how much you want Deshaun Watson to finish the season. You can't even come out here and stick your chest out against a team that you had did the rights, did the rights, and then you followed that up with a stinker. Nah, man, you got to go out there and you got to play well if you're gonna talk the way that they've been talking.
1: What is your prediction going into Sunday's game, and what you think will happen uh, coming out of it? Will we see? anything new? Will we see more playing time for some of the younger guys? What do you feel will happen on Sunday?
2: Yeah, well, as far as more playing time for the younger guys, they're just in a situation where you got to, right? I mean, it ain't even a matter of what I even think. I I think it's more so just what it is. Like, Ross Blacklock, you got to throw him out there. You got to throw him out there. And I I don't know if we've talked about him enough. Perhaps we haven't talked about him enough because there hasn't been much to talk about. That could very much be the case. But yeah, man, that's that's gonna be more so than, than the result of the game, because I think you hit it on the head, man. The result of it, I just gave this whole uh this whole rant about how I'm gonna be upset if they don't win the game. But like we said, man, the result of it doesn't really matter. But there are these small details that do. So like how your rookies look, Ross Blacklock, you know, can is that passing game still is it is it even more crisp with, you know, without having your main guns out there. You expect to have Brandon Cooks out there. He's a the guy that you expect to be back next year so no will fuller um you know offense he, he's he is like kind of like the number one receiver but you saw that deshaun spread the ball around the last game and chad hansen and, and kiki qt had big games are they going to replicate that what's that going to look like i'm really interested just to see it to observe it all um but as far like as far as a score i'll go third you know let's go you know 31 24 Texans. I'm 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 a shoot for it, man. And, and I don't even know if I believe it. I don't even know if I believe it, man. But because and I don't you know what I don't even know if I picked yeah. the Texans in a single game this year. I can't remember. Maybe maybe a couple. But I don't feel like I've really been picking them all year. But I feel like man, you gotta win this game if you're gonna come and talk tough to me like that, man. You gotta and, and not not really Texans. just to me because man, I, I'm picking the Texans and yeah man, I want them to win this game because Damn it, if they're going to give me all of this noise about, well, Deshaun Watson's got to be out there because we got to win these game. What? Well, they're going to go win the games then. They're not going to get it done. they not. Yeah. Uh, and if yeah.
1: they do, I will buy you lunch next week. <laughs> Texans win, I will buy you lunch. I have no problem with doing that. Everybody, that's Brandon K. Scott from Sixteen. Love having them on. Uh, one more time, let everybody know where they can follow you on Twitter and all of your work.
2: Yeah, man, follow me at Brandon K. Scott on Twitter. I'm pretty much doing everything digitally for Sports Radio 610 and holler at your boy at the B Block podcast, doing that once a week. Yeah, man, we out here.
1: That was Brandon K. Scott, everybody, from Sports Talk 610 Radio. It's always a blast uh, having him on. And more importantly, I wish you guys can hear some of the discussions that we have off the air. You know, we're only allowed – a certain amount of time for our podcast, but we talk a lot of football uh, off the air that I wish you guys can catch because it's very candid. Uh, but, I, you know, I want to go back to a little bit what he said about Whitney Merchless and the production of not only Whitney Merchless, but the production of, of just all of the older guys. I think at this point, The question of whether or not in the last three games, because take a look at this. You got the Colts Sunday. That game won't do anything for you. Then you have the Cincinnati Bengals after that, and then you close out the season against the Titans who lead the AFC South Division. When I say you have nothing to gain, it won't affect the playoff seating because you won't be there regardless. It won't affect, like you're not the New York Jets where if you win a game, you will be bumped from the number one pick because you don't have a first nor second round. Shout out to Miami, who may be making the playoffs with their first and second round pick from Houston. It won't really do much, but what it can do is see what you have moving forward. And so what I would, the question I would post you guys is, what is the over under of seeing players like Jacob Martin Ross Blacklock, especially with the injury to Brandon Dunn, I think that's a prime time for him to get over 60% of snaps. Jacob Martin with the production or lack thereof from Whitney Merciless, who's making $13.5 million and haven't had a uh, tackle in two weeks. I think it's time to see more of Jacob Martin, who's a young player only in his third year and Jonathan Garnett, who's a rookie. The younger guys, it isn't like we're having – like we, we don't have a first-year Aaron Donald. We don't have a first-year uh, Jalen Ramsey. We don't have one of those players. However, we do have players that, at, at key positions that we can evaluate before moving into next year, and that is where I stand. And I'm going to continue to stand on it for the rest of this year. Only three games. Enough Cody's listeners at home uh, before we get out of here today. See what you have. And nothing will change outside of evaluations. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Another week of Locked On Texans, your daily Texans talk and news podcast, your team every day on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at some sports guy. I can't do this show without my guy.
0: Cody Davidson, please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.
1: You are locked on Texans.